0: Hi everybody, it's Janet and I am so happy today because it's my honor and privilege to be able to introduce to you Dr. Tony Nader. Dr. Tony Nader is an MD, PhD, Mar. He's a medical doctor trained at Harvard University and Massachusetts Institute of Technology with a PhD in neuroscience and he's a globally recognized Vedic scholar. As Marishi Mahesh Yogi's successor, Dr. Nader is head of the International Transcendental Meditation Organizations in over a hundred countries. From the Americas to Asia, from Europe to Africa, Dr. Nader guides the Transcendental Meditation Program and its advanced practices and the practical applications of this technology in all areas of national life education, health, business, defense, agriculture, and more. Dr. Nader's vision is to bring happiness and health and peace to the minds and hearts of the whole world family. His experiences as a teacher, a father, a leader, a scientist, and doctor have inspired his dedication to all global citizens, and his commitment to opening their awareness to the important things in life from a truly profound perspective. To help remove conflicts in society, so that higher values and beautiful goals become the guiding light of everyone is his total focus. Now, let me tell you what I really think about him. I have been so privileged and, oh, I don't even think words can express, just very, very blessed to be able to get to know Dr. Nader in the last weeks. And what I want to tell you about him is, many of you hear me constantly saying the importance of being the teacher, living the teaching. Being the teacher, living the teaching, that means being really aligned with your values and really not only speaking your truth, but being that truth. I'm so happy to say that Doctrinator is one of those beautiful souls walking this planet who is really a great teacher living the teaching. So Dr. Nader, I am so honored you're here today. I just feel so, so deeply happy that you're here with me today. Thank you.
1: Wonderful, Janet. You are an example of what you are saying to the whole world and such a joy to always be with you. For me, it was also a discovery to Find such an individual with dynamism and passion and who can pass it on to others and who lives it in every moment of their life and their expressions. It's a delight to be with you.
0: Thank you, that's a lot to take in. I'm a practicing Be The Teacher, Living The Teaching. Thank you so much. So Dr. Nader, to begin, can you share with my community how being born and growing up in Beirut, Lebanon, you came to study at some of the top universities in the world, and then you went on to lead the Transcendental Meditation organizations all over the world. How did, how did that happen?
1: I keep asking myself this same question. <laughs> It started off, you know, uh, in a place uh, in the world which is not necessarily uh, at all significant or uh, important as far as size, as far as, uh, you know, outreach and all of that. But that had history and had um, some dimensions uh, as being uh, an ancient part of our world. Uh, Civilization started in the Middle East uh, or at least... uh, grew and progressed. And I had big hopes and big expectations, big dreams, um, and uh, a big vision of what the world was and uh, the beauty of uh, re- creation and uh, all of these things that we grew up uh, starting to believe in. And then there was a terrible civil war that started there that led to untold suffering. Um, so the contrast was huge and the demand on me studying medicine uh, as a pre-medical student and then a medical student and the uh, the whole uh, suffering i saw in the emergency room and around me made me ask big very big questions so i wanted to know uh, what is the mechanism what is going on in our mind and body that makes us do what we do why people do these things that obviously are damaging uh, and destructive. And at the end of the day, everybody's losing, uh, what is it for? Even though, uh, you know, sometimes they come from very high ideals and thinking of wanting things to be the best, yet they fight and they kill each other, unfortunately. And uh, so I studied medicine, psychiatry, neurology, and went into research to try to understand the basic functioning of the human body and its nervous system and the mind and how those lead to our decision making. But then I was having, I discovered the wrong assumptions, the wrong starting points. And when you start from wrong assumptions, you can make right deductions and right conclusions from the assumptions, but your uh, conclusions are not so right after all, uh, because you started from the wrong point of view. And the wrong point of view that I ended up discovering with time is that our reality is not a material one. So what I was searching to understand from a physical material perspective, which is our body and how it develops and how it creates consciousness, ended up being upside down because i ended up discovering that consciousness is actually primary that our awareness our inner being are the source of the material life and this happened through a past that led me to uh, learn transcendental meditation do research on it and then a glorious time with the founder of the transcendental meditation program and the association between science and knowledge and understanding the relationship between consciousness and physiology, I guess, was one of the things that led Maharishi to ask me to keep this knowledge scientific and present it in a scientific way. And that led me to where I am today.
0: Well, I'm so glad it led you to where you are, because where you are is still so lovely in your book you say that everything is consciousness so i I was really thinking about this what does consciousness have to do with a person's ability to manifest the life of their dreams you know right now people are really into i gotta manifest i mean my book is all about that right living your passion so what does consciousness have to do with manifesting
1: consciousness is the light that removes the darkness of ignorance. Consciousness is the light that allows us to plan, that allows us to dream. Consciousness is the reality that allows us to live and make decisions, that allows us to experience love, that allows us to experience passion. Without consciousness, we are just an individual that is like a machine uh, on the surface level that has no decision-making possibility, that has no choice, no freedom, no responsibility, and that does not actually live anything. You can imagine somebody without consciousness. It's uh, worse than sleep, because sleep has consciousness within it. Uh, You know, you can take coma, you can take... Even in coma, there is some consciousness in the body of something, on some level. And actually, without consciousness, there is no life. And this is something we have forgotten, and we have not understood fully in science and in philosophy and in thinking. Of course, many have, and many philosophers and thinkers and scientists, of course, from different perspectives, look at consciousness as being this, but nobody really sees consciousness Uh, as having a dimension, a depth, a a breadth, a possibility of opening the container of knowledge, which is us. So when we want to do something, we want to do it with our full potential. And uh, if we are stressed and strained, we know that consciousness narrows down and focuses on some small thing, And we are not able to see the reality. We are not able to see the possibilities that are available. And we are not able to achieve our dreams because our choices become limited. Not that the choices outside of us are limited. It's what we can see that is limited. If you can see only narrow perspectives, then you cannot choose. You can choose only from what you are able to fathom So it is not just trying to increase the different possibilities in the outside, but opening up our eyes, our heart, our feelings, which is really ultimately opening up our consciousness so we can see more, that we can experience more, and then we can choose uh, in the right direction. So there is the awareness that gives you more choices, and then there is the direction to make the right choices. And all of this is based on a deeper, broader consciousness that can actually be developed and awakened.
0: So for the people in my community, uh, what they really care about is self-love. They they, they really want to love themselves deeply. So in uh, Tina Turner's words, what does love have to do with it? You know, how does the expansion of consciousness help them to do that?
1: Love grows with greater appreciation. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you don't like something, it is hard to feel connected to it. Love is a power of connectedness, is a power of putting together things. So in this book, I describe the three values of reality that are very important. Because reality is built on moments of experience. And these moments involve the knower, the subject, as one aspect, the process of knowing, which is what allows us to know, and the known, the object of knowledge. We can say the observer, the process, and the observed. So every moment of our life is a bit of consciousness, a small, tiny moment, entity. Of consciousness we think we live life in a fluid flowing reality in fact it is moment after moment that flows in such a fast way like images in a movie that pass so fast that we see them flowing in a continuous way and life actually truly is moment after moment after moment that flies so fast that we see it as a flow. So let's take the moment. What is in the moment? There is me, the knower. There is you. For me, you are my object. Uh, (laughs) And you see me as the object. And there is that process that links us. That process is love. That process, whatever it is, we can call it love. Even between two particles attracting each other is love. Two particles repulsing each other is the other side of love, but it's still a color of love in a sense. That takes us too far, but let's go back to to true love and loving oneself. So when an object comes to the attention of the subject, when I see you and I appreciate you, and there is something that resonates in me about you, then I feel connected to you. This connectedness, this link is love. If I like you more, I'll be more connected. If I admire you and I see you in such a grand way, then my connection to you grows more. And the more I'm actually connected to you, the more I know you truly, And therefore the more I can discover the depths of who you are and the more I can love you. So appreciation and love help each other to grow, which means greater appreciation leads to greater love. Greater love leads to greater appreciation and therefore also to greater love. So it's a very beautiful, fulfilling cycle that comes. Therefore, to love oneself, what is required is to appreciate oneself. And to appreciate oneself, one has to know oneself. If one sees oneself as this individual that is this or that, that is limited in their potential, That is, you know, have been frustrated, have done mistakes in their lives, have done this and have done that and have been told this and have been told that. And therefore, they're feeling like small. It's hard to love oneself. It's one feels like, how can I love this thing which I don't like? But that is really an illusion of who you are. You are much more than that. You are infinity and that's what the book, because you mentioned it, one unbounded ocean of consciousness brings mainly to light is that we are that infinite reality, which is hiding within ourselves. All the other things are small things that kind of hide that uh, reality, which is unbounded, which is full. So as you go to yourself, back to your true self by transcending, and there is a technique for that, You know it, Janet, transcendental meditation, which allows us to transcend, which means to go beyond those small things that we have been told about ourselves and our reality and our world and find who we truly are. And then you discover something so fantastic, something so great, so peaceful, so harmonious, so silent, so immensely creative within that you can't escape but falling in love with yourself. So this is not going to be a journey of trying, a journey of forcing, a journey of convincing. It's going to be a journey of discovering. Discover your true self and you're going to fall in love with it. There is no other way to do it. You are infinity, and that is who you are. That's who we all are. And when you know it in yourself and start knowing it everywhere and in others, you fall in the same love for everyone and for everything in your life.
0: And, and so would you say that the more conscious, so what, what I hear you saying is the more consciousness you have, the more ability you have to love yourself, <clears throat> and therefore the more ability you have to love the other.
1: You summarized it in two words. It took me several minutes. Well (laughs) done. Well well done. It's exactly that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the next question is very interesting because right now in the world, we're experiencing massive separation because of this political climate. Now I'm saying massive separation. So I want to just stop there. From an enlightened point of view, from an expanded point of consciousness, would one see massive separation?
1: There is separation on the surface that can be seen. So the intellect is a discriminating power. It has to see what is different from what, and that keeps clarity in certain aspects. But the reality is one unified reality that manifests in these different, different values. You know, we can take an example. You want the plant, you put a seed in the ground, and you want the plant to grow and to be healthy and happy and bring a tree or a flower, and the tree brings more flowers and more fruits, and it expands, and this is the beauty of life expanding. So you put it in the ground. You have some water, you have some sunshine, you have some wind, you have some earth, you have some dryness, you have some. And when you look at the component, they are very different one from the other. The sun, if it's too strong, it can burn it. The wind, if it's too strong and too blowing, it can break it or dry it. The water, if it's overwhelming, it can uh, rot it, it can wet it, and it, does, it's, it can uh, you know make it vanish. And these are very contrary aspects on the surface. But when they are balanced, then your little seed will become a sprout and then they are keeping balance it takes the nourishment from the field and then the balanced outside components help it to grow to become a powerful tree and flowers and fruits and the richness of life and you enjoy it in its multitude of effectiveness but it's all one seed with one sap that is nourished and that becomes all the different outside values on the surface that can be seen as contradictory. But let that difference be a joy for life of richness of possibilities and of also ability to grow rather than to clash with each other. If the leaf is going to say, I am green and the flower is uh, is yellow and we don't like each other and green is the right thing and yellow is the wrong thing and uh, people look at the yellow they don't look at the green or this and that that is swimming on the surface if the leaf says i am the sap and the the yellow uh, petal is also the sap but we kind of have appeared differently but the yellow makes me beautiful i support it also we have different Aspects there, but we have unity within. When consciousness is on that level, then consciousness is on the level of the unified reality, which is the true reality. And that's what we want people to know that underlying the differences is that oneness. We are one. And the outside is just the richness of outer expressions that make our life richer not just flat nothingness. Otherwise, what would be the purpose of it all? That everything is the same, which means at the end you can keep making things the same, keep making things the same, you end up with nothing. So creation vanishes. Creation is a joy of life, a joy of expressing differences. And differences, as we said, can be there to nourish each other and create richness on the outside. We should be on that level of consciousness that allows us to use differences for growth and development and nourishment.
0: So my question is, and and I love what you're saying and, and I totally can resonate with it, and I'm still thinking that for many people in the world, there is this ill will in opposition like never before. And things are so bad that last month in the US, more citizens bought guns than at any other time in history. And if I went to those people that went out and bought guns and said, now stop, you don't need that gun, You know we're all one, um, I don't think that's going to resonate. So how is what you offer in your book, how can that be a practical solution? In other words, if you were the one going to those guys who bought guns and um, you were speaking to them, how would you speak to them? What would you say to them? So that they would hear you, or, or, or is it not possible? Is knowledge, what I'm hearing you say, that knowledge is structured in consciousness and that there's different degrees of consciousness based upon the stress that one has in their physiology. So is it even possible to, or is it like that can you share what you would say
1: there is fear when there is fear there is a reaction to fear and when there is something that happens that limits consciousness and narrows it to seeing only certain solutions and certain perspectives then people jump onto that And that is due to stress and strain and uh, whatever history of stress and strain one has had in the past or prejudice or, uh, you know, fears or whatever information or misinformation has been there that builds up in the physiology as a filter that prevents one from seeing reality in its true reality and its true fullness. And this adds on itself and creates issues and problems that cannot be solved only and certainly not fully on the level of the intellect on the level of understanding on the level of logic because there is something more profound that is inherent in our nervous system and the limbic system and the different parts of the brain that are There to prevent us from uh, facing, you know, to protect us in times of danger and uh, and fight-and-flight response and all of that. And when these parts take over, the human reality comes from an evolution that, uh, you know, prioritizes protection against danger. So the higher parts of the brain, therefore, are uh, not put in the limelight they are actually shut down. Like when you are under danger, if you face a snake or uh, you face a tiger, it's not the time to think about poetry and music and high, you know, higher values and all of that. You just shut off your brain and just deal with it right now and then. And so this is good. It's protective. We've been in the jungle and we've had these things and our nervous system reacts like that. Now, the problem is we transpose this into our modern life and society where these things are no more necessary it's no more necessary to shut off the entire brain just because there is a car that made noise in the street but the interpretation somehow uh, leads to this and there is a mix up and then of course there are other things that play into the the situation that lead to narrowing of awareness, narrowing of consciousness. And there you really cannot see. You cannot see logic. You cannot see reasoning Uh, because reasoning and logic happen in higher parts of our nervous system. This is where our higher consciousness is. You're reacting from an instinctive, protective level. What you need is to remove the stresses, to calm down within, realize that life is on a different level and therefore wake up to the solutions of life that are more profound and more easy and have better solutions than fighting and being afraid of things and so um, i can take an example of something independent if you like you know when i was at medical school i had a professor of pulmonology, which is the study of the lungs and the breathing and all of that. He was a wonderful person who, of course, uh, taught us uh, and insisted that smoking is very bad for you. And he showed the results and how we can for our patients, uh, the reason how to make them think and and decide not to smoke, uh, that it's bad for them and all of that. And he was, you know, wonderful. And one day I was walking on campus and I saw this professor smoking. He was smoking. Can <laughs> you imagine the shock yeah, it has cannot. created? <laughs> and I just, thought. I was quite, fr- you know, friend to him and I came and I said, it's just why don't you live what you say as Janet has been telling us from the beginning. And he said, I understand intellectually, I know, and I want you to never do it, but I cannot, I have been habituated, I you know, tried so many ways and I couldn't stop smoking. And it dawned on me, this is not just somebody who knows so deeply scientifically that they should not do it. He is teaching it, he is the, wanting to be the example of it, yet he does it because he cannot do it. So there is some other mechanism that is going on and the other mechanism is he didn't know enough, he didn't have the consciousness, the depths of true knowledge within himself to not smoke. He knew it intellectually on some level, but he didn't know it existentially, he didn't know it on a very deep level of being and therefore what he needed is to clear the stresses and the strains and then find a solution on that level. Now, yes, it's very important that these things happen in an organized way so that the stopping of certain behavior starts with establishing oneself in higher consciousness and one's society also in higher consciousness. So outer action requires stability within for the individual and for society also. And, you know, that means what these people who buy the guns do, they're doing it from a certain level. Uh, We cannot, you know, discuss or uh, or dissect uh, the individual reasons for that. But we know there are reasons and they do it, and when society is more peaceful, the collective consciousness has been raised, there is more harmony, then naturally, uh, these things will be transformed into something else, maybe they'll, you know, they, if they like guns, they'll buy them for exercise, for sports, or something, you know, there are all other possibilities, but not with uh, these intentions to, uh, you know, to just, use this as the ultimate protecting value. Whereas the ultimate protecting value truly is in consciousness and awareness of the individual and in harmony and peace in society.
0: So back to the professor. (laughs) I had a question. (laughs) Back to the professor. You know, you said that um, intellectually he understood but he wasn't living it on the le- he couldn't integrate it he couldn't be that on the level of being, and so is that a mistake? Because you know there's a saying that that I hear a lot and and that I espouse as a matter of fact I think that's probably why I hear it that that every moment is a gift and that there are no mistakes in the universe. So can you can you apply that logic to that? Does that where, where does that fit in? That, is it the, that the universe or God, nature, higher power is using that individual as a tool in the hands of nature? He's doing exactly what he needs to do in that moment. And if he knew any better, he would. Can you, can you speak on that?
1: Well, this is really one of the very big questions in life, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very big question because it's a question about mistake. Where would mistake come from in an orderly universe? It's a question about responsibility, which is meaning we have freedom and we have choice and therefore we can choose things that are not in tune with the universe. It's a mistake It's a question about purpose. what is the purpose of what he's doing and what he has been made to do? if this is a creation and there is a purposeful creation for everything has a meaning, and therefore everything is within a context so these are really the very big questions in life that have you know, that not we are just questioning, these have been questioned or asked and thought through throughout history by the greatest philosophers and thinkers and modern times scientists and and analysis of this. And this is really the crux of the themes that are in the book that are being discussed. Um, Now, as an answer to this in a short way, but one has to go through the logic step by step really to fully get it, uh, that it doesn't become a dogma. Okay, you have to believe in this because then it's another belief system, which is not what we are proposing. We're proposing a logical understanding of what is going on so that we can make our own decisions and understand why things are as they are. But as a short answer, it is, we do have freedom. This is a big, huge question. If we have freedom on a high level, and I discuss freedom from different levels, there can be freedom that leads to randomness, that we, that gives us no choice, but there can be freedom that allows us to choose, consciously choose and choose from options that are presented to us. So as consciousness grows, there is greater freedom, which entails greater responsibility, and therefore what the mistakes we can do can be our responsibility. It's not necessarily at all a big, huge part of a design. The design is to give us freedom and to truly give us freedom means to allow us to go against the law because that is what freedom is. You can choose what you like. And if there is a best way to act, then we can use that or we cannot use that and therefore a mistake can be there so mistakes can be there because there is freedom so this is a consequence of freedom freedom leads to the choice of mistake now we don't choose to make a mistake because we want to make a mistake we choose something because we don't know how to do better or we're unable to do better And that is based on how we have been built and the decisions that we have made before. Because freedom is something today, but doesn't mean the universe is in a chaos. Freedom is something that leads to consequences. So there is law and order. At the same time, there is freedom. And when you choose something that leads to a reaction or an effect from cause and effect. So if you choose to plant an orange tree, you will be getting oranges in some years. And therefore, this is a constraint based on your own choice from before. So this professor, because we're taking the example, has made choices and has had the opportunity to overcome these choices before, but kept on this particular choice, which became so strong in him so ingrained in his physiology that the physiology is confused if you like and needs a certain thing which is smoking in this case and that's the result of his previous choices that are repeated and as they are repeated they created a certain pattern and a certain way of being that leads to his inability to overcome the intellectual understanding that he has, and that is how it leads to the situation in which he is. Not that there is some creation power or energy that put this thing in him and made him do this, and therefore, you know, uh, he is just a victim of the creation power and all... These are the real big questions, and it's very important to be able to resolve them so we can come to an understanding of our life and an understanding of where we're going and what we can do about it.
0: So wouldn't you say then that the answer for the professor was simply that if he wanted to stop smoking, he needed to expand his consciousness so that it's an effortless experience because he has expanded consciousness and therefore he has, a stronger, uh, he has a stronger ability to say no to something that he knows isn't right for him. Is that a yes?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Suppose there is a pattern, let's imagine a pattern. And that pattern, if it is squeezed, it makes certain decisions. If it's squeezed in another way, it makes another decision. We can take better examples, but let's take it at its face value. Uh, And if it's then put in the right place in the right way, then it leads to the best possible decision-making. Now, stress and strain squeezes the pattern in different ways. We're calling this pattern, even let's call it our nervous system. Stress and strain and habits that are not evolutionary they distort our pattern of being. Uh, I call it the pattern of consciousness. We can call it the pattern of the nervous system for easier understanding. Now, something comes as an intellectual understanding, but the pattern is distorted. You You can't make it through that. What you need to do is to restructure, bring the pattern back to its normality. The best way to bring the... Pattern back to its normality is to expose it to what normality is you just have a reference and then you expose it to that the self pure being pure consciousness is the perfect pattern because we come from that we come from managing organizing power exposing ourselves to that between quotation mark pattern realigns us with the most evolutionary pattern that allows us to make the best choices. To translate this, we can say stress is on the nervous system. It has distorted the nervous system. You expose the nervous system to deep rest and back to its original design. And it has itself the ability to remove the wrong things and realign with the pattern that is original, and therefore release the stress and therefore act and think in the best possible way.
0: So Dr. Nader, you were talking about um, mistakes. So one of the things that I share with my students is there are no mistakes. I mean, if you guys could do any better, you would, but that was how much consciousness you had had at the time. And that was the best you could do. So you got to love you up. You just got to be kind to you and just go forward because you're always doing your best and now that you know now that you know it could because what happens every time you make a mistake do you learn a little bit more whoops that didn't feel good don't want to do that that was karmically off so what would you say to that dr nader that's what i share with my students is that true
1: Absolutely true. Life grows in steps and steps. You know, when we walk, we walk and we are no more where we were before. And we are new again and again at every point in our life. So we shouldn't be attached to anything behind us. Look forward because we do the best we can. Everyone does the best they can at every moment. And if situations, circumstances didn't allow us, then that's what it is. And if there are consequences of our action, that's what they do. That's what they are. What we want is we should be responsible for what we are now, to do it the best way what we can, and then move forward. And the person who was there, you know, a few weeks ago or a few years ago that we associated ourselves with is no more the same, is no more the same. So not only for ourselves, but also for others. We don't, keep grudge somebody did something so many years ago and we keep complaining and all of that and all our life focus on on something like that. People change, we grow on the surface level, we appear to be uh, different because we are different in so many ways and on reality level we are unbounded pure consciousness moving on and on towards greater fulfillment so we leave behind us those things that were before and just do better now. And that's how it grows. That's how evolve, uh, evolution is there. That's how life evolves. So you're absolutely right. Of course, this is a very important point.
0: And you were absolutely right when you said there are mistakes. In the, and, and so when you said there are mistakes, how does that go with what you just said? How does that
1: This is due to freedom. When we are free and we don't know better, then we act. It's better to move than to sit and consider, oh, I'm worried to do a mistake and all of that. It's important to keep moving and keep moving and evolve. And then mistakes, they lead to consequences. But as we grow, we can take care of those uh, consequences and move on. So we don't carry on ourselves the load of the mistake on our consciousness and uh, narrow our reality and understanding of ourselves based on some mistake that was done. Our self is much bigger than that. And mistakes are just a small thing that we can deal with if there is a need. But we are much bigger than that. You're knowing yourself and experiencing yourself to be so big then the mistake becomes, you know, whatever a little tiny something, a little debt that has to be paid, but become infinite. And then whatever debt, whatever small things comes your way, it's so small compared to who you are that you don't have to worry about it.
0: That leads me to this next question. Now I've been able to to, uh, spend some time with you in this last month and you seem to just be in this, what I call flow. I mean, no matter what, you, you just seem to be in this flow. Were you always like this? And do you, do you ever have moments when you're out of flow or, or what is life like for you? And what was life like for you?
1: like everybody you know we have moments where we feel now it's time to sleep <laughs> now it's time to eat now it's time to rest now it's time to stop and now it's time to transcend and then every uh, point in life leads us to another point and like everyone uh, we grow and evolve and this is my story like everybody's story i was lucky to practice transcendental meditation and to stabilize more and more this inner silence within me. And that leads to the ability to be more silent within, even while acting on the outside. And therefore, uh, depending on the circumstances and the situation, then the flow comes by itself in a spontaneous way. Uh, and so you know, anchored in the self, uh, we perform action that is more fulfilling to ourselves and that allows us to fulfill our goals and desires and respond to the situations and circumstances. So it's a process and like everyone I've been through the process and I was lucky to practice regularly transcendental meditation and to see this flow and flow also goes when I sleep, I have to sleep, I sleep, you know, I have to dream, when dreams come, and naturally. <laughs> so it's a process, and it grows with us.
0: So I I would love to ask you, do you have any final words about what other people can do to, I mean, everyone I've introduced you to has come back to me and said, oh my god, you know, he's so So light. He's so loving. He's so deeply connected. And that's what all of us want. That's really what all of us want. Everyone, even the worst perpetrator, just doesn't know how to get it, right? So can you share what are the practical steps that people can do from your book, One Unbounded Ocean of Consciousness, you know, number one, they could buy your book. And I, I, I highly recommend that to anyone who is listening, by the way, other than reading this beautiful book that you've written that, that talks just so clearly about the purpose of consciousness and why it's important and what are the practical applications. Can you share right now? Can you give them a little sneak preview? What are practical steps that they can take because my community is a community of people who really want to be a service to humanity. So what are the steps that they can take so that not only do um, their own lives come into flow, but they can contribute to helping create a world that works for everyone. Can you share?
1: Yes, there are many things they can do. They can start by listening to you and to your wisdom and your knowledge. And those who are with you are great transformational leaders uh, that are leading people to do the right thing, uh, think in the right way. Because whatever we expose ourselves to in our life grows stronger in our life. You you know you do something over and over again. If it's smoking, <laughs> then it becomes stronger and stronger and overtakes you. If it is music, you become a musician and you enjoy that field of life. It is science, you train your mind and all of that. So whatever we do can be important. Even food, you eat the right food, the right balanced things, the right exposure to beautiful and nourishing and holistic things. They lead to some imprint on you, some effect on you. The highest thing that you can expose yourself to is your own self, your own being, because that is the self of all that there is. It's the self of the universe. It's the self of the trees and the animals and the environment and every other person in your life and in the world is your true inner self, ultimately. That's one of the things I emphasize over and over again in my talks and also in the book that is One Unbounded Ocean of Consciousness. Now, how to do that? There is a simple way to do that. And the simplest and fastest way to do that is a natural way. A natural way, which means not contrived, not forced, but letting nature, which is the force that created the universe, the force that allows things to evolve guide you towards it and that thing is not outside yourself it is within yourself we are all looking for more but we look for more towards the outside there is a program transcendental meditation that has been the blessings for me in my journey and in my discovery and my understanding that allowed me to close the eyes and go within and naturally transcend, which means go beyond those surface values, which themselves can be very nice to have, but go to that which contains them all, which is the source of all of them, and then realign my pattern of thinking, my pattern of being, with the infinite reservoir of creativity and intelligence that is within us. This helps us to know ourselves, and since our self, our true self, is so grand to love ourselves, be with ourselves, but also to experience that infinity within that allows us to come out strong and clear with broad comprehension, big vision, ability to make the right choices and live life in its fullness. This is transcendental meditation. This is the, the technique that. I have cherished and that led me to wherever I am now.
0: And I just wanna thank you so much because all my community knows that, I have said it over and over and over again, Dr. Nader, that if I only had one, one gift from the creator that I could keep, one thing that I've learned in my life, it would be my practice of transcendental meditation that I've been doing for longer than a lot of people here listening. And uh, I, I, I'm just so honored to, to be with you today and hear you talk on consciousness and, and so excited for everyone to get this book. You guys don't even listen to me anymore. Just go, on, go straight to Amazon, get the book because it, it answers all those questions where there's these disconnects. That you've been wondering about you know how why does this happen why does this happen and how does this fit and flow with this so that you really understand it from deep within yourself and then as dr nader just shared and as i always share with you as well go to a transcendental meditation center and see for yourself you be your own test tube And learn TM so that you can experience this beautiful flow that you see and and the glow that you see in Dr. Nader. This is open to all of us. And Dr. Nader, I just want to thank you so much again for being such an incredible teacher who's living the teaching on every level. And I mean, I, I think last night as I was reading your book, and I was, I was thinking about you, and you're always so completely calm, so at flow, and so happy, and so loving, and you run this huge, gigantic organization all over the world, and you're a great father, and you have a happy, loving wife, and I'm just, I just know that for all of you listening, that there is this vision of possibilities. It's open to all of us to have a life that we can really be proud of in service to humanity, living what Marishi said, 200% of life, which is both inner and outer. So do less and accomplish more. And that's by transcending. And thank you so much, Dr. Nader, for explaining it in such a simple, fun, and profound way today. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you. It's a delight to be with you. And you have been a great discovery this few weeks that we had a chance to talk to each other. Absolutely a great genius and devoted full heart to give the best for everyone.
0: Thank you. Love to you.
1: Thank you for tuning into Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast.
0: And if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.